This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Marketing Jam is brought to you by Cyber Impact, the email marketing platform made specifically for Canadian small businesses. Go to cyberimpact.com forward slash jelly, create a free account, and start sending Castle compliant promotional emails in just a few clicks. Hey, welcome back to Marketing Jam. Shahid Devji here. Thanks for joining us today. And today we have a very special guest. He's one of uh, our compatriots in the marketing world here in, in BC and in Vancouver specifically. Alex Wan is the Managing Director at Periphery Digital. Alex, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, so to speak. Tell us what you do and what Periphery Digital is. Yeah, so Periphery Digital is a marketing agency and we specialize in targeting the Chinese demographic. Uh, so what I mean by that is we do help Western-based businesses target the Chinese demographic either locally here in BC and the Lower Mainland, across Canada, or even overseas. Okay, so we were talking about this off-air before we pressed record. Your sort of route to, to where you are. Uh, you're an SFU grad, you went to Kwantlen as well, and you've done some programming I saw, is that correct? A little bit, you yeah. did definitely creep my uh, LinkedIn profile. I did, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what awesome. there for, right? Yeah, Creeping. definitely. <laughs> um, so, so how did you get to, to where you are, and is it... I, I, the question is, is this what you always wanted to do? Probably not, right? We definitely stumbled emerging. into it. Yeah, we yeah. definitely stumbled into it. Um, uh, originally, my background has always been in sort of communications and marketing. Um, and in around 2015, a couple of friends of mine, uh, we kind of started a different company uh, where we were trying to get into the export-import business into China. Uh, things didn't work out as well as we thought it would just because of, you know, we, we were pretty, I guess, green going into that business. But we definitely learned a lot by traveling to China uh, so often. During that period, uh, we were starting to look for other work and other contracts and stumbled into sort of uh, digital marketing for a real estate company that needed to target the Chinese demographic for one of their clients. Right. So, I mean, in Vancouver and in the Lower Mainland, that's not necessarily a surprise that that type of service is needed because there is a heavy Asian population here. But it's still probably relatively a new thing in the, in the marketing world in the Western world, like you were saying before. So. Uh, maybe explain to our, our audience here what what is you know marketing to the Chinese audience. What does that look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, uh, it comes down to first off, sort of understanding of the culture, because obviously when we say the Chinese demographic, there are sort of different communities and pockets within the Chinese demographic. And for us, we really have to explain to our clients what the difference is. And so, uh, from sort of the the language, the copy, to sort of how they present themselves is a really important aspect of marketing. Uh, and then from there, we kind of figure out the localized sort of platforms that they should be marketing on. Uh, you know, like platforms here in, in Canada or North America where you're using stuff like Instagram, Facebook, it's great, but a lot of the local Chinese demographic are on other platforms. So specifically something like WeChat or Weibo. Okay. So speaking of creeping, I, I was creeping, and I don't know if I found this on LinkedIn or, or on the periphery website, but I, I wrote, actually it was LinkedIn, it was an, it was an article on LinkedIn that you wrote um, and, and you mentioned that the Chinese market is a potential gold mine. Is that because it's being ignored or it's just an emerging market now? Both. Okay. Um, in that, I mean, the immigration of, of Chinese uh, citizens over into Canada has grown exponentially in the last couple of years. And we do think it's going to continue, obviously, in that trajectory. Um, so the population is definitely growing in terms of that market. But at the same time, this emerging market, they're, you know, they're, recently come into a lot of uh, purchasing power. And so because of this, they're moving out of China, coming into Canada where they're looking to spend money. So for, so for companies and businesses locally here that want to target this demographic, it's a perfect sort of, again, goldmine for them just because it is a demographic that has sort of almost been ignored, if, if you will, but 
um, it's definitely a growing population that shouldn't sort of be put on the sideline now. Yeah. So I think maybe one of the questions that uh, our viewers and listeners might have is, you know, which businesses should be targeting this audience? Is it all businesses? Is it you know, ones that have a, you know, a, a special draw that, to that audience? It, can, can anyone do this, you think? Um, yes or no. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty open uh, answer. But uh, the areas of focus that we really sort of prime in on are uh, real estate, tourism, and then brands and retail. Um, just because they have obviously, um, they want to reach that demographic more, more specifically. Um, there are definitely ways for smaller businesses, mom and pop shops to sort of uh, communicate with this demographic. Um, but uh, again, it's more of a cultural understanding of how to approach this demographic that would really help them. Actually, yeah. So you guys have a, a pretty built out team at, at Periphery. Um, are you busy? Are you really busy these days? Is this, is this growing? Do you see any decline in, in what you're doing or is it only going up? From no, I think it's, um, we're on a really good trajectory right now. Um, we've, you know, we've doubled in size in the last year and we're hoping to continue that sort of that path. Um, what's interesting is we are one of the few agencies locally here that has experience in not only marketing locally, either within BC or across Canada, but also in China as well. So we have a variety of clients with different needs. So for instance, we have tourism clients that are looking to target uh, Chinese individuals in China and China, trying to bring them here. And we also have local clients here that want to serve the local Chinese demographic as well. Yeah, so that, that was one question I had too, was when it, when it comes to the businesses and, and what they're doing, you know, you think of a local business here that might have a, a you know, a retail shop here and they want to get uh, people into their shops. It's very different than a, a business that's based online selling a product and can target uh, that demographic that is overseas. You know, one thing I read when when I'm um, reading a little bit about what you guys do was that uh, the, the Chinese demographic and, and the Asian markets specifically are the fastest growing or one of the fastest growing when it comes to e-commerce, right? So it's not necessarily local shops that you know, want to bring local uh, Chinese demographic in, but it, it could be overseas that you're targeting as well. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely an area that we're sort of exploring looking into. Um, kind of the or the world is I guess everyone's oyster over in, right. in China if they're able to sort of penetrate that market appropriately again the issue with a lot of businesses though when they want to target the Chinese demographic is lack of understanding of how the culture works because that plays a huge part into how businesses operate yeah do you have any examples of sort of tough learning <laughs> that you've had to, to go through in the last little while about understanding that culture and maybe some um, some wins and losses that you can share? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, it's, it's specifically like, um, like, I guess, cultural issue, but it's yeah. more so a lot of the, the platforms that we work on are all based in China. So for instance, we China and Weibo. So a lot of the things and rules that we have to really abide by is really based on sort of Chinese laws. Um, and so um, helping, you know, clients set up official uh, WeChat accounts, for example, um, that's been a very interesting learning experience. Um, just because there are correct ways of doing it and incorrect ways of doing it. And doing it correctly actually requires a lot of work in terms of documentation and all that. Um, for example, our first client, it took us around eight months to get an official WeChat set up properly. Uh, but now we've sort of, of understood the process and we can kind of do that now within a, a six to eight week period. Okay, so yeah. I'm assuming a lot of people watching and listening today don't know a lot about WeChat and, yeah. and Weibo. Explain what they are and, and maybe what the the equivalent here that people use. Yeah, so WeChat is probably one of the biggest apps used um, over in China. Um, it's a pretty young company as of right now, but they have over 1.1 billion monthly active users. 
Um, it's in a really important app for the Chinese demographic, mostly because in China, it's how they get around and do everything. Everything from messaging friends to paying their bills, calling a taxi, uh, ordering or reserving food, everything is done within this WeChat ecosystem. And so when a Chinese individual immigrates anywhere outside of China, um, they're still really stuck on this uh, platform, not because they don't want to use Facebook or Instagram or anything else like that, but because in order for them to communicate with their friends and family or relatives back home in China, they have to use this platform because Google or Facebook doesn't exist in China right, right. now. So when they're coming over to, let's say, Canada, um, they still are sort of forced to use this platform. Um, and right now what's interesting is if you go to anywhere in the lower mainland, um, there are areas where, um, I guess, merchants are actually accepting what's called WeChat Pay. So WeChat and Alipay, they're sort of the uh, top form of payments that a lot of Chinese individuals use to sort of, of use, you know, I guess, uh, transact um, products or services. Um, in China, it's almost becoming sort of a cashless economy. So for instance, in tier one cities in Shanghai and Beijing, as an example, no one uses cash there anymore. Everything is done through the WeChat system or Alipay system. Uh, a little bit of a, of a I guess, a, a joke, but it's actually true, is that um, instead of, you know, homeless people, with instead of having a little cup for pennies or coins, they actually have their QR code out so people can scan and give their money <laughs> so through, that, through WeChat. that's true to a certain extent. That, that's true to a certain extent. Wow. So everything is done and, and, and operated through uh, the WeChat Alipay ecosystem. And um, a lot of these individuals that move here, that that's sort of what they're expecting. And so a lot, of, a lot of local merchants are now sort of understanding that now, and they're sort of applying for these payment systems to better serve this demographic as right. well. So you said that uh, you know, WeChat, obviously, with the, the 1.1 billion active users a month, is big in China. It is the, the thing to, to have. But, and when, when people immigrate here, uh, they're still using it. I've heard about WeChat for so many years now and it kind of maybe taking over here as well. Is, is it something that has kind of taken root here, you know, aside from the immigration, like people who were born and raised here within those communities are using that as well? More so definitely than ever. Um, I think it's partly because individuals are realizing that it is one of the best ways to communicate with this demographic. So, right. so individuals outside of China, they're you know, slowly applying for their own accounts. Uh, personal accounts or corporate accounts, uh, just to better serve the specific demographic. So, what would you say is uh, the the split between you know where you focus your your efforts for a lot of your clients? If you were to say WeChat or um, your Instagram and Facebooks for marketing here specifically, is is it pretty balanced right now, or is it is it heavily on it one will, side? It will definitely depend on the client. Um, yeah. I think the the thing with WeChat is it's still not a perfect system here in, here in Canada, and so we do still really much rely on. Uh, I guess, local platforms to help with our marketing efforts. Um, we started off very much in the digital space, but now we've sort of started sort of media um, overall. So print and outdoors and everything like that, partly because of that's really how the Chinese individual sort of operates and are used to operating in terms of, of seeing marketing collateral. In China, um, what is a marketing system is usually called O2O marketing. So offline to online marketing or online to offline marketing, where you'll see a lot of QR codes. QR codes never really took off locally here, but it's very active within the Chinese community, either here or in China. Uh, what happens is you can actually take your WeChat account, scan a QR code, and be taken to either an app, a web page, or uh, an official account. And so having a sort of, I guess, traditional print presence for a lot of Chinese marketing is an integral part of, of the entire sort of marketing, um, I guess, campaign.
I've started to see QR codes pop up a little bit more here. Maybe they're having a, a second win because, yeah. like you said, they were supposed to, to change the way we interacted with the internet and through our phones, but they, they haven't quite done that, have they? So what's really interesting is um, the new iOS updates for Apple. Um, QR code scanner is actually embedded now into your camera. Yes. So you can actually take uh, your camera now and sort of scan your QR code and it'll automatically scan uh, if you have obviously the newest iOS on your, on your iPhone. Um, I think the issue or the reason why I never really took off in the past was because you had to download a third party sort of QR code scanner in order to sort of access that QR code. Um, with something like WeChat, for instance, that's kind of how everything is operated. And so intuitively, people understood that you have to have WeChat in order to scan this QR code. And therefore, that's part of the reasons why QR codes took off in Asia and not really so much here. Yeah. Um, I was, what's funny is that I was, look, I was excited that uh, the, the new iPhone update included that and I used it a couple times. And then I was reading that certain Android models removed it from their camera. Really? You have to download a third party. Uh, so one step forward, one step backwards, Definitely. I guess. But yep. um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. So any, any other um, specific apps that are not, you know, the, the mainstream ones, the Facebooks uh, and your, your Googles? that you guys dabble in, in the daily work that you do? Yeah, so Weibo is another one. Um, it's another sort of social media platform. It's it's definitely a lot more open com compared to WeChat. Uh, the best way of looking at Weibo is almost like if it's uh, kind of a amalgamation between Facebook and Instagram, where it's short form copy, short form creatives, pictures and videos and so on and so forth. Whereas WeChat's more long form. People who are reading WeChat are expecting almost like blog-like content. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot has changed in the last year in, in digital marketing, and I'm, I'm sure you've, you've been trying to keep up as well. Mm -hmm. Where do you see, you know, talking about you know, WeChat and, and it being established in, in China and the way that all the interactions, whether, you know, um, your Uber or the equivalent, uh, yeah. ordering your food and, and transferring money is all done within that app. You know, we've, see, we've seen these types of things implemented uh, on a small scale within Messenger and within the iOS Messages app. Do you see that as being one of the trends in, you know, the the Western style marketing with those Western companies? Yeah, um, definitely. Moving forward, is that things where things are going in your mind? I, I definitely think so, just because it's um, it's easier for the consumer, um, and that's I think one of the reasons why something like WeChat has taken off is because um, because they're kind of forced on this one platform. They're then forced to, you know, third party developers are then forced to sort of develop everything off of this platform. And it's made things a lot more convenient. So I can definitely see something similar taking off here in, in North America as well. So in terms of, you know, how things have changed, you know, you said you've, you've kind of stumbled into this. Yeah. And you've been doing it for a, a few years and you guys are doing well and, and busy. Uh, how have things changed from when you started to, to today, uh, you know, aside from, you know, learning the, the platforms, but just generally in, in the digital marketing space, yeah. what have you seen change? Um, I think uh, for us, it's just always being up to date on sort of any changes to any sort of platform and seeing how we can apply that to our clients and their, their campaigns specifically. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything specific or drastic. It's just obviously anytime a platform updates anything, we kind of have to be on top of that, make sure that we're better, you know, we're serving our clients to the best of our abilities as well. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, what you do is, is targeting a certain demographic the platform's always going to change, right? We don't know where, where Facebook and Google are going to be in the next couple of years. I'm sure they'll be around, but the next yep. five years, the next 10 years. Exactly. Like, who can remember Ask Jeeves and... MySpace. And, yeah, MySpace <laughs> and Yahoo. And maybe we remember them, but when was the last time we used them? And some of them don't even exist anymore, right? Exactly. So, how, do you, how do you protect yourself uh, against one of these things kind of disappearing uh, a day from today? Is, is there anything you can do about that? Nothing really we can specifically do other than to just be 
up to date as much as possible, um, consistently learning, consistently reading and understanding how things are done either here or overseas or all around the world and, and taking successful campaigns that either we have done or others have done and sort of mimicking it so that we can produce the same results for our clients. So I mean, I'm assuming marketing is marketing no matter where you're doing it. Um, what, what do you find has been successful in your approach with this demographic or otherwise? Um, and what advice can you give to some of uh, you know, our, our viewers and listeners in the marketing world, whether they are marketers you know, at companies or small business owners who are doing their own marketing while running their own businesses? You know, what advice can you give to, to doing good marketing today in the landscape that we live in? I think being able to stand out um, and be different from your competitors is, is definitely really, really important. But there's something to be said about having really good content as well. Um, yeah. I think right now, um, everyone's making content. Um, and it used to be that content is king. In my opinion right now, distribution is king. So being able to put your content in front of the right people is what matters right now, just because good content could be subjective, right? Um, but be, being able to have good content put in front of the right person is, is a great indicator of how well something's performing. Yeah, is the targeting for WeChat similar to what Facebook has these days, very which different. is probably the, the, the top of the game. Yeah, it's, it's right? very different, and I think they're, they're still changing how they, how they target and how they do things. Right now in North America, you can only technically run national level sort of campaigns across Canada. It's hard to sort of geo-target if you're using the sort of in-app in advertising. But there are other ways that we advertise through WeChat where we are buying, I guess, media space off um, a localized WeChat media account. Okay. Yeah, so we'll buy uh, everything from banner ads all the way to sort of advertorials um, and have that sort of formatted specific to our clients' needs. Is the influencer space similar with this demographic um, as progressed or further progressed? I, I definitely say further progressed actually. Yeah. Um, uh, we call them KOLs over for the Chinese, uh, for, I guess Chinese marketing, KOLs, yeah. key opinion uh, leaders. Okay. Um, and it's, it's not, it's, it hasn't really taken off locally here. Uh, but definitely in China, KOL is sort of like the best way or one of one of the best ways to sort of get your product and service in, to, to the market. And live streaming is uh, a big thing with that type of audience too, definitely, right? There's definitely, definitely. There's a lot of either you know, influencers or, or KOLs, like you're saying, that, definitely. that are in the video and live streaming space. Definitely. And that's where something like, like, like Weibo plays a, a large part as well. Uh, like I mentioned, WeChat's a very closed off ecosystem. And so uh, KOLs work really well for something like Weibo where it's kind of like Instagram or Twitter and it's very visual. Um, and, and that's where a lot of sort of really great KOL campaigns are, are done is off Weibo. Not, not to say there's no KOL yeah. campaigns on WeChat. It's just, I guess, a little bit of a different system. Okay. So I sort of asked you this earlier, but um, can small businesses sort of start to dabble in this themselves, you think? Or do they need to, to come to somebody like you these days. I definitely think there's there's room for, for any business to have a presence. I think the best way is to set up your own WeChat account and sort of start understanding how it works. Uh, finding maybe uh, friends who have a WeChat account, asking them sort of how they're using it, um, either for media or for other other things, um, to sort of understand how they could actually use it for their own marketing purposes as well. Um, they could do everything from having their own WeChat account and setting up QR codes on um, different forms of advertisement for people to see and that's not hard to do um, but it is something that I guess you kind of have to be aware of and sort of like train yourself to understand a little bit more of. Right, perfect. So one thing we like to do here at the end of each show is, is to, to ask you about sort of where you get your information and maybe provide some resources that our audience can take back and, and you know start to look into themselves. So are, are there any blogs or books or magazines 
uh, podcasts maybe that you guys and you specifically turn to for you know staying ahead of the game, staying ahead of the curve, making sure you're you're um, well informed in this space that you yeah work definitely in? Um, strategy is definitely yeah. a, a great resource. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'll, I'll you know do my research on stuff like Business yeah. Insider a lot. Uh, the podcasts I listen to are probably more so like business specific than marketing specific. Um, Okay, that's, that's cool. Anything else you want to talk about uh, today? Anything we've missed about Periphery Digital or what you're doing or, or even trends marketing? Where do you think things are going? You know, we talked about content and distribution. Is, is video and content going to get to a place where, you know, there's too much of it? I feel like we might be already there. Yep. And, um, you know, we have to focus on something else. Like, where do you think things are going from, from here in what you do? Um, I think, uh, I don't think there's going to be really that much change um but the change will come from the different platform that's going to be built out right. just because we can't we can't predict um if another startup another social platform is just going to take off and take over something like right, the next Weibo. snapchat right? Ex exactly so that's something that i guess we have to sort of be aware of there are you know tons of different uh chinese-based social media startups sort of popping up here and there um for us is more so pinpointing the right ones for our clients and and what they should actually be on Okay, well, thank you for joining us. So I think that was really informative for our audience. Certainly was for me. And yeah. um, what, where can people find you and, and more about Periphery if they want to go online and check you out? Yeah, they can visit uh, peripherydigital.com uh, and always send an email to us at hello at peripherydigital.com if you have any inquiries. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and see you next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.